I'm Robbie McDonald. And I'm Jordan Lee. We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife. Holy Shit, I Have ADHD is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD. This is a podcast about ADHD, hosted by two people with ADHD. While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process. We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife. If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. Fantastic. Hello, Jordan Lane. Hello, Robbie McDonald. How are you this fine morning? (laughs) Scattered all over the place. Why is that? Just everything. I just, um... Everything is just weird, and it has been, like, for the last day or two, there's probably something celestial, but, like, iPhone, of course, like, they just changed everything, like, everything on my phone. Like, how the phone, like, how your contacts look, how you answer the phone, how you put somebody, like, and I, it was just randomly hanging up on my neighbor yesterday when she was trying to call me about things, and I was like, I didn't touch anything. (laughs) Like, it's just, so I've been feeling really kind of... Um, just sort of all over the place communication wise. I think there may be something retrograding. I don't know. There's a full moon. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just been feeling kind of um, unsettled and um, all over the place. I, I think I'm in an okay mood, but Osvaldo might beg to differ. Um, if you saw me yesterday, <laughs> I was quite a sour puss all day, but um, I am pretty happy to see you, though. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I've had uh, I've had an interesting few weeks. Um, yeah, uh, I'm doing pretty good on the whole, though. I would say, uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's up and downs as ever, uh, and you know, the holiday season is always tough for a lot of people, myself included. Um, yeah. And yeah, we're heading into that kind of uh, nonstop Christmas music month. Um, but yeah, you know, like generally I'm in, I'm in pretty good spirits, all things considered. And, uh, yeah, you know, like just, uh, well, happy to be doing this, happy to sit down with one of my favorite people and do one of my favorite things, which is talk about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about our wackadoodle brains and how we move through the world. And yeah, I know you sent me this text last night and I was like, I didn't see it till this morning. And then I was like, okay, I'm supposed to answer that. And then of course I didn't. And now we're here. Um, and okay. we haven't even decided on what we're going to talk about yet. But I do feel like the holidays is a big topic. Um, sure. And yeah, I have all kinds of complex feelings around it as well. Um, and and it's also my my birthday this week, too. And Oh, that's right. Happy yeah. birthday. Thank you. Um, I keep forgetting what day it actually is. Like, that's so classic of me. I guess it's on Wednesday. My dad thought it was today, so he called me today. My mom <laughs> thought it was Thursday, so that's when we're going over her lunch. And as well as taking me out to dinner on Friday. I think on um, Wednesday, there's a big um, labor movement event happening in support of Palestine not far from me. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. to that. That'll be my oh, birthday great. my birthday thing to go to that. Um, but yeah, like the holidays, I think Calgary... You know, when I, I was there for 20 years, Calgary does some really annoying shit around the holidays. It's just very, very transactional and retail mm. focused and buy, buy, buy. And maybe you can talk a little bit about how you're experiencing that this year, because I've been able to kind of escape that a little bit. Um, mm, mm. 
because I just find it so depressing, this idea that you have to go into debt to prove to people that you care about them. Right. And Calgary seems to be very (laughs) focused on that. I remember going to the mall at Christmas. We'll go into it, but like, oh, man. We'll go into it. Just just talk about it. We're already in it. Go, you remember going to the mall at Christmas and then what? Well, no, I, I wouldn't. And then um, and around the time when I was really struggling in my early 40s and I took a job as a brand ambassador for Samsung. Oh, right. Um, yeah. And we would go to the malls and we would work in the malls and we worked in Chinook. We worked at Cross Iron Mills. We worked at South Center. Um, I don't know if we worked on downtown. I can't remember. But I just remember feeling really, really bad about myself. Because I would walk by a pair of boots that I liked, or I would walk by a dress that I liked, and I just knew I couldn't afford them. Even though I was working in this place and I was dealing with some pretty awful people, like people used to come up and like, I mean, for better or for worse, I've mostly been a Mac user in my life and like, you know, iPhone or whatever, just because I found them (laughs) until recently fairly easy. Um, but you know, I'd be there like, would you like to try the Samsung Galaxy Note? And then of course some asshole, usually a middle-aged white guy would come up and like, rah, 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 and like tell me all the things that are wrong and, rah, 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 and I'd just be like, oh my God, I've got to like be nice to this prick. Um, yeah. and I just remember that was a really dark time because it's also really dark and it's cold and it's shitty. And I had to take the C train and there was always somebody on the C train having a hard time or giving me a hard time. I got a ticket once. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like holidays in Calgary used to be really hard for me. Really, really hard. I would always get depressed. Um, and I would always feel insufficient financially. Even when I was doing what I would say like reasonably well, I just never felt like I had enough. Because it, that there's just always this obscene kind of selling of everything. Yeah, and yeah, I, I mean, I can kind of stay away from all that stuff now because of how and where we live it's not as it's not as central to everything and feel free to push back on like my assessment of calgary during the holidays no i I would say it's totally right um i'll talk about the reasons for it after you're finished maybe but yes please do because um yeah i'd love to hear your insights on this because uh the holidays like i've i have managed to kind of curate it in a way with my family now where it doesn't feel shitty anymore where we make it more about just spending time together so that there isn't all this like simmering undercurrent of resentment because somebody gave me hand-me-down clothes one year and I was just deeply offended for like mm. three years after that. And oh, wow. So now it's just like, let's just not. And then we don't have to navigate that. Let's just have a nice meal. And then we're not coming up against that that feeling of like, why would you think something like that was okay? <laughs> right. You know? Um, yeah, I know it's it's a complex thing, but um, I'm feeling better about it this year than I have in a while. At mm-hmm. least that part of things. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so yeah, so, so to your point about like, I mean, Christmas has felt commercialized forever. That's just sort mm-hmm. of nature of the beast, right? Um, at least at least certainly within my lifetime, I I don't remember this sort of like, this 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 uh i don't know family values version of christmas time that everybody's saying we're supposed to return to or whatever like i don't know i i can't return to something that was never an experience for me right 
Um, this idea of the <laughs> yeah. holidays being about something other than crass commercialism. That's just not a part of my experience. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then I think that it's amplified to a degree in Calgary because of a couple of things. Um, because it is an insanely wealthy city, uh, there are a lot of, of rich people here because this is not only, you know, this is not only the province of resource extraction, but this is the city where all the HQs of all the companies doing the resource extraction are. So, mm. like, more so than Edmonton or whatever, um, you know, the, the per capita income is higher. Um, there's more people. People, you know, with desk jobs than, you know, uh, uh, break your back kind of jobs. Um, mm. And the other part of it is like the wealth disparity. So then when people who are on the other side of it, the people who don't have money, I feel like um, so that, that's where I am right now. I'm on the don't have money side, the working side. And mm. yeah, just like what I feel like is there's maybe maybe you get a disproportionate idea of it because it is a smaller group of people, but they're everywhere spending so much goddamn money mm -hmm. because, you know, it's like, so I've been working farmer's markets the last four weeks and, um, you know, you, you see groups of people sometime and it's just like, like, you know, you, the, you, for someone like me who knows a little bit about fashion, whatever, it's like, oh, shit, you're wearing like $10,000 worth of clothes right now. You've dropped like at least 200 bucks at like each of the last like four stalls, whatever, at the, at the farmer's market today. And mm -hmm. it's just like it's just so crazy because people, you know, are in a position where they don't even have to think about that stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, you know, like that's that's um, you know, and until a few years ago, uh, when I stopped working in tech, you know, I never had to look at the price of something before I put it on my grocery cart. It was always just like, it costs what it costs, and I know that I can afford it, and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, it, mm -hmm. gro groceries cost what the groceries cost. And now, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, yeah, it, it kind of, you, you, at least for me, I notice the privilege and the luxury of doing that a lot more now that I can't anymore. And I feel like it kind yeah. of, I, I don't know, it's, I, I'm trying not to be a fucking hater about it because, you know, like hopefully at some point I'll have a little bit of walking around money too. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, because someone has earned some money doesn't necessarily make them a bad person or morally reprehensible or something like that. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's just like, man, I wish I'd had, I, I wish I had a little bit of that. I wish I had mm -hmm. a little bit of walking around money right now, a little bit of fucking buying expensive artisanal candy apples or whatever the hell like <laughs> <laughs> you know just just those little kind of treat things that um yeah because maybe that's maybe that's a bigger part of it with the holidays too is that like you know if you're if you're under a certain income level you're cut off from all these sorts of little small pleasures despite everybody saying that you can uh, skip lattes and and save up a down payment in that process that's just mm. not possible mm -hmm. um and so at the holiday at the holiday season pardon me Money is so much tighter for people who are on a budget because you have expenses you don't have the rest of the year, like Christmas gifts and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then there's also you also see all of these other people enjoying these little kind of seasonal treats and opportunities. And it's just like it's hard not to feel a little bit resentful when like the possibility of doing these kind of once a year things like going out to the apple orchard on a little hayride and having some cider with your, your mm -hmm. main squeeze or whatever. That's just like, that's a very, it's, it feels like what should be a very small attainable pleasure. And it's mm -hmm. still like outside of people's reach. And that, that kind of stuff yeah. feels like, yeah, it, it feels like you can't fully participate in the holiday to a degree. 
Hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And yeah, the, and I remember that in Calgary too. Sometimes I'd be like, "Oh my God, you're wearing those boots! I know how much those boots cost." Yeah, totally, you know, um, I totally. wish I had those boots. Um, but one of the things, you know, when I, I think about this a lot, because I've um, sort of been, um, I've just I'm just somebody who grew up working class, and I've been basically a working class creative most of my adult life. Um, and sometimes I have actually been in deep poverty, and. I think a lot about the class differences and how, um, and you know, I rattle on about late stage capitalism all the time, but I think that it, like, it is designed to make us feel shitty because we can't buy into it. And I, I really resent that, you know, it, it, it of course I, I like nice things too. I'd love to have some sure. nice boots, but I really, really hate that walking through a space where I should be able to just move on my own terms. Um, and I, Naomi Klein could probably speak to this more eloquently than I ever could. Um, but like a mall is not public space, even though it's sold to us as such, but we're moving through sure. it in a place like Calgary when it's really cold. That's where you sometimes have to go to move your body. I used to go mall walking and I used to be so angry. I would be seething inside because there was, I was walking by these places I couldn't buy anything at and I used to just hate that. Like I should have been able mm. to just move, you know. Um, and that is the one ben one of the benefits of living here in Vancouver is that even when it gets cold, you can still go outside. So sure. there are places I can go where I don't have to spend any money. I can walk to Trout Lake and not even bring my wallet. And I think that's pretty great. Yeah. Um, although I am somebody that even if I have ten bucks in the bank, I will probably buy myself a treat. <laughs> yeah, I I a lot of times will just like. I feel like I leave my my wallet at home sometimes these days if I'm just like if I'm setting out to do one specific thing, if I'm just like, OK, my my aim this morning is to go for a walk and get a coffee at the A&W as I go by there. And I know if I have my wallet with me, I'll be like tempted to fucking pop in somewhere and like run this this like errand that I kind of need, but don't really need. And mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, uh, so if I just like throw the three dollars worth of coins in my pocket and my keys in the other pocket, there's just there's no way for me to physically spend more money. So <laughs> I like that, actually. I'm, I'm trying to to do more to just carry cash and just like keep to those things, because I've always struggled with with whatever money that I have. And I actually had this memory around Christmas time. It was probably actually around my birthday. I would have been in the sixth grade, however old you are then. Um, we were 12. living, tw so I was about 12 years old. We were living in East London. Um, we weren't doing so well. My dad was trying to parent us as a single father. He was struggling in addiction. We didn't have any money. And I think somebody, my, one of my grandparents sent me some money. And I went to Zeller's and I bought a wallet. But I spent hmm. most of the money on the wallet, so there wasn't very much to put in the wallet afterwards. And I think about that, that kind of often, like that I, even at that age, I thought I had to have all the things to, to do it or to hold it properly. Right. But I didn't. I probably could have got myself the winter boots that the money was supposed to be for or whatever, right? Right, right. Um, and I, I just, I think about that all the time, how, how I'm kind of conditioned and primed to spend even when I don't need to. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm trying really hard to change that even at this stage in my life because like I do, I have more access to resources primarily because we don't have high overhead in our rent. Like over the last year, our lifestyle has changed a bit because of that. Like I've been able to go to the dentist. I have to go to the dentist again. This is just, I guess, something that I'm 
kind of destined for because I inherit it from my mom and grandma, like not very good teeth, but um, I take care of them. It's just, I just have to go get them looked at and fixed and drilled into all the time. But we can do that. Thank goodness. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this year, for like, as far as the Christmas stuff goes, I talked to my mom and um, my <clears throat> stepdad had some issues, so he can't run his business. So they're really locked down financially right now. And it's mm. like, I would rather just have a meal with you guys anyway. Yeah. Like, and I think I would love to see more people not feeling so bad because you can't blow a bunch of money. Of course, it's nice to get gifts for people, but that's not what most people actually care about anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather just have your company, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's, um, yeah, something I care a lot about. And I'm, I'm thinking a lot about the class stuff, too, as I'm trying to run this business, like about how I want to run it and who I want to work for and with and collaborate with. Um, and it's it's funny to me that some people that I'm coming across who come across as very successful or whatever, and I've talked about this before, like realtors are kind of the worst that way. They're super cheap like with their vendors and their suppliers, but they make all this money. And I just, I have made it pretty clear. That's not who I'm going to be working with. I mean, they probably don't care about accessibility that much anyway, but um, yeah, I'm thinking about that too. Like if somebody is kind of coming at me and like wanting a bunch of stuff for free or like demanding a lot right out of the gate, then I kind of know there's going to be a lopsided relationship. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, Mm. So I'll, I'll, this is maybe not, uh, doesn't reflect on me very well as a business operator, but, um, sometimes if I get too annoying of a question from like a potential eBay buyer or whatever, I will just block the account rather than like (laughs) engage with it because, because no, but really, because I know that. I know that that money, even if I get it, is cursed. That money will come with Uh something down the line of them being fucking annoying to me in a way that either affects my like feedback rating or just just my level of overall annoyance, which I try to keep very, very low. But yeah. And so Mm. like. You know, so so things will happen like uh, I had somebody uh, when would this have been, I guess it would have been Friday night, send three questions about an item within 10 minutes, all of which were information that was including in the listing description. So that's just like that's just three red flags immediately of like can't fully look over the item to formulate all the questions before sending off a message doesn't actually clearly even look at the item description because all the questions are answered in it and yeah Mm. and it's just like so uh, all those things are just like okay even if i get this 50 dollars from this person it's going to show up and they're going to be like oh it doesn't fit and it's like yeah i know i have full measurements in the description but you clearly didn't read that because everything else about our communication so far <laughs> has indicated that you are not a, a, a buyer that puts the, the care in and does the due diligence. So it's just like I that that money is cursed. I would rather not have that money and just not have to deal with those kind of people because they're so fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I wanted to go back to something you were saying a minute ago about um, um, about trying to problem solve with money um, and, and trying mm. to like, uh, you know, when you, when you encounter something like, like, like the wallet thing. So, you know, the, the problem was that you like didn't have something to carry your money around in. And if mm-hmm. you'd taken, you know, uh, a little bit of time, obviously your, your mind isn't as rational as a kid, but let's say you were a perfectly rational 12 year old, you could have <laughs> sat down and gone, okay, well, what else do people keep 
money in uh, uh, purses, money clips. And you're like, okay, I can get an alligator clip, like a black binder clip. And that is a, that is the functionally exactly the same as a money clip. And that can be like my wallet. This is a legit way to carry money around. But of course you don't think of that stuff as a kid and mm. especially not as a person with ADHD, even as an adult, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I have a problem right now, which is that there's a way in society that we are expected to do this one task, in this case, carrying money around. And I don't have what I need to to function in the way that is expected of me. And the quickest way to do that is to spend money. And so, so, you know, like, as you say, capitalism has primed all of us, ADHD and otherwise, to believe that spending money is the way to solve problems. That is the message that we are bombarded Mm -hmm. with societally from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed is that you can spend your way out of your problems, out of your shitty life, out of your shitty relationships, you know, out of the fucking body that you were born in, which Mm -hmm. is a crazy idea, all of these things, right? And it's just, it's just not true. But then, yeah, like, for someone like me with an ADHD brain where it's like, oh, I can uh, I can spend four days a week every day for a year going to the gym to lose this weight or I can buy this like mystery pill off the Internet that has a tapeworm <laughs> in it. <laughs> and, you know, and I can do that now and I can have that show up tomorrow and I can start seeing results on Sunday or whatever. And so, you know, we all kind of want that quick fix, but I think it comes Mm -hmm. doubly hard for people with ADHD where Mm -hmm. if there's a way to solve that problem now, even though it will create a different problem, which is that we don't have that money next week because that money was budgeted for something else and not, it was budgeted for the boots and not the wallet in this example. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and then you're like, you've created a bigger problem for uh, the, the future Robbie and future Jordan that we were talking about with Kai the other day. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so spot on. Right. Um, and Isvaldo always teases me. He's like, Oh, little miss solutions is at it again. Right. Cause I'm like Googling things, thinking of things. Sure. He's like, okay, no, like you actually don't like, it's fine. Um, and I mean, I know in a rational way, right. Like that, um, I probably don't need that article chair, but I really want that article chair. And that's like, not in my budget right now, but I'm like, I keep going back to the website and going, they have a payment plan. And then I'm like, okay, (laughs) I don't need to do this. Right. Like, and it's so, um, it is so ingrained in us. And it's something that, um, like I was saying before, is kind of like the class thing I've struggled with it my whole life. And for me, it's, it's often clothes. Like I feel like if I have this item of clothing, then I will be accepted in, particular spaces, right? Like um, when I was working um, that job that was more corporate than anything else, even though it wasn't, I spent a lot of money on clothes because I wanted so desperately to belong and fit in with all these middle-class do-gooder folks with expensive jewelry and stuff. And I was like buying things that even with the money that I was making at that time, I probably couldn't really afford. And then I ended up in a rage giving them all away at the beginning of the pandemic instead of selling them which would have been the smart thing to do. <laughs> but it was like, I just didn't want reminders, you know? Yep, I totally understand. Difficult time in my life. And I, I feel like now I'm not doing that as much. And, I, and I'm, again, very fortunate to live to commercial, close to commercial drive where there's like half a dozen thrift stores and consignment stores. So that's where I buy most of my stuff anyway. Um, and, but I do still sometimes succumb to the lure of online fashion um, I, sh- I sure. bought something at Simon's. Is it Simon's or Simone's? I don't even know. 
I, I assumed it was Simons. I've always called it Simons. Uh, if it is Simons, uh, you know, that will not change the way I engage <laughs> with that brand. I will continue to call it Simons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> well, because they're from Quebec, right? So I guess that maybe I that's why so, it was yeah. kind of like, you know. No, that's, it's, it's, not, it's not a wrong assumption. You know, there's, there's a 50-50 chance it could be Simons. But I'm just like, I will feel silly saying that every time, even if it is correct. So I just won't do it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of lurk around their sites because a lot of their stuff is more high end, what I would consider to be high end, you know, and it seems to be well made. But there was something on, on special. So I I did it. I pulled the trigger and I bought it after looking at it for like two weeks. And then um, I watched it once and the color all kind of ran and it all got weird. So, yeah, I wrote a nasty, not nasty, but it was just like. <laughs> I'm uh, kind of disappointed and, you know, sent yeah. them some photos and they were like, oh, no problem. We'll just refund you. Just send it back. Right. And I was like, oh, I, I was expecting all this pushback. But I, that was actually really nice that they did that. If I were dealing with any other probably big U.S. based conglomerate brand, that probably wouldn't have been the case. They probably would have charged me or something. Right. Um, but yeah, that that was sort of my recent kind of like, oh, I'll get this thing that I've been staring at. And then because I can't touch it. um, and because I'm so sensitive to things like labels and the neck and like yeah. the fabric itself, um, whenever I buy clothes online, very rarely do they actually work out because I'm mm-hmm. I usually put them on and go, eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate how this feels on my body. You know, <laughs> this is not the fabric I thought it was, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the clothing thing, I think that's how a lot of people try to kind of belong to the I think um, there's a follower or a follower. There's a creator I follow on Instagram and I got to remember their name. I have to go look it up, but they call it the vulture class. Mm. Really super duper wealthy people are the vulture class. And I just think that's so accurate because they're so predatory and everybody wants to belong to them, but they're, Mm. it's almost impossible for most people to get to that. Sure. You know, Um, that's the lie we're sold in capitalism that if you work hard and, and you're, you know, a decent person and you're supposed to get to there, but most people don't. God, that sounds really depressing. Yeah. No, it's true, though. I mean, there's not there's no correlation really between uh, how rich you are and how good of a person you are or how hard you work. And some people are awesome and work very hard and never see uh, financial rewards. And hopefully they can find uh you know, uh, uh, rewards in other places in life. I guess that's called what we're all trying to kind of cultivate, right? Yeah. Um, and I think community is always that, right? Like, yeah. um, it always comes back to that for me. It's like when things are rough, it's going to be your community who helps you out. It's going to, it's not going to be, um, these far flung organizations that you're giving all your money to. They're not going to be the ones mm-hmm. that help. It's going to be the people that are living nearby and, we're definitely learning a lot about that because I'm on the emergency planning committee at my co-op. Like, how do we show up for each other as a community? Mm. Um, and th- they did a lot of work during the pandemic around that because at first it was really hard, but then they came up with some new policies. Like, our co-op has a no questions asked, one month free policy. So, oh, wow. if, yeah, if something goes really, really sideways in your life and you're not going to make ends meet for a month, one yeah. month you can have that covered and you don't have to worry. Anything beyond that, wow. you have to go through a process of, sure. you know, making sure that that's what's going on. They also have grocery cards. So if you're really struggling, you can get a $50 grocery card. Like, And wow. that's amazing to me. That's incredible. Um, yeah. And that's why co-ops are so, um, and not every co-op does this, but like they do have like 
it, most clubs have something called security of tenure. So um, even if things do go kind of in the long term, like really bad, um, you can have rent reduction for the long term um, and that will be subsidized. Um, so I think that that's, we need more of these in Canada. And I know there was a big announcement I just saw on CBC this, this morning, the, the federal government's actually giving out a billion dollars or something um, for new housing. And a lot of that is going to go for new co-ops. But um, mm. the problem is, is the land um, sure. and uh, urgency. Yeah. Like, we need emergency housing in Vancouver. It is dire out there. Like any day that I walk on the street, there's multiple people that are unhoused. We're, we live nearby a seniors complex. There's four buildings um, run by a nonprofit. Um, and it looks like a lot of people, you know, are doing fairly well. They have a beautiful garden. But I've also seen at least half a dozen seniors sleeping in their cars, waiting, hoping that they're going to get a place yeah. in that building, right? And it's just like, that just breaks my heart. How can a senior who, like, needs, like, a nice, warm, cozy place to sleep, how can they not have that? You know, that's, yeah. um, so yeah, I do hope that more co-ops will be built because I can highly recommend, <laughs> you know, um, having affordable rent and also a community that cares about each other. Like that's, yeah. that's what I hate about individualism, right? Like people, you know, that's what I hated about the other place that we lived, like not knowing other people's names in the co-op or in the apartment building or people not saying hi on the street. Like in a crisis, you need people to know, like at least a little bit about you because they're going to be more likely to want to help you out. I think. Yeah. Um, how did we get there? Uh, <laughs> talking about Simon's. Talking about Simon's. Talking about, talking about spending as a problem solver. Uh, and then, yeah. yeah. And then that got us into fast fashion and that took us all the way to uh, the Vancouver housing situation. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, something that you texted me was talking about how I want to kind of talk about this a little bit. You've been working retail again. And you mm -hmm. talked a little bit about emotional labor. Can you kind of talk yeah, a bit about that? Yeah, I would love that? to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, so actually what I'll do is I'll, I'll talk about the last month for me uh, and I'll springboard that off of what you were just talking about. So um, I would have loved as a person who found themselves in a, in a shitty financial situation last month uh, to have the option to just like throw my hands up and wave my rent, just a one-time like grace thing, that mm -hmm. I would have absolutely loved that. That would have been absolutely perfect for the situation that I found myself in. Um, so a month ago, uh, I mentioned on the show before that I've been working for uh, an organic food co-op, a CSA here in town. And uh, about a month ago, they uh, suddenly went insolvent unexpectedly. Um, I got a call as I was locking up the warehouse, uh, you know, saying that like, Hey, you know, um, uh, the buyout, we were supposed to be getting bought out by another company and it was like, um, just not happening on the timeline that it needed to, for us to stay open. Mm -hmm. So I don't there, hopefully it's going to come back at some point, uh, in a month or a couple months after some rejigging, but I suddenly found myself, uh, out of work very suddenly. Um, mm -hmm. and at the time, uh, I had three outstanding invoices from the company too, that, uh, were already late on being paid and it wasn't clear whether I was going to get that money at all. So at the start of November, I was in overdraft because I, I went into overdraft to pay my rent because I was like, well, I'll get paid on Friday because they had paid me cash the last couple of, uh, of paycheck or invoices. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then, yeah, and then that just didn't happen and I lost my job instead. And I was like, oh, fuck me. Uh, so, yeah, so I did get paid out in the end. Uh, it all it all worked out as best as it could. Um, but, yeah, that was like a situation where I would have loved to just be like, yeah, like I, I am fucked right now. Uh, please, please give me give me mm. this grace for a month. Um, yeah, that. So, again, I, I didn't end up being fucked because I did end up getting paid out for those invoices. Um, but, yeah, that would have been like textbook. Um, but, yeah, so so uh, I don't work for a CSA anymore. Um, and my hours are already being reduced. So I was already kind of looking for another part time thing. And through one of the vendors at another farmer's market, I met this woman who runs an underwear business. Uh, she runs a women's underwear business. Uh, they do mostly bamboo uh, product. And um, so it's like they do regular underwear, they do socks, and then they also do period underwear. Um, and so I have been, uh, selling women's underwear and period <laughs> underwear specifically for the last four weeks and I'm quite good at it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been, it's been a very, very interesting thing for a few reasons for me. Uh, a, it's a return to retail after close to 20 years of being out of it. I think mm -hmm. the last time I was truly in retail was about 2003 or four, um, and yeah, and then it's very bizarre because I'm I'm selling a, a product that I can't use, uh, and you know, and so that that some people feel uh, a certain way about that. A lot of people mm. are totally fine about it or even happy about it. But um, yeah, it's just it's just been a very interesting kind of like. Um, it's been a different sort of personal interaction than I've had with people in a while because it's a different sort of retail than doing the farmer's markets for the CSA was. Um, mm. A, because the product is food. You're almost never going to get a weird comment about, uh, uh, you know, rutabagas versus period undies. Um, <laughs> and uh, what was the other? Oh, yeah. And then it was a lot of recurring people because it's, it's a CSA. It was a sub subscription-based uh, program. So, you know, you'd see the same people week after week. So it would be pretty rare for someone to make a fucking snide comment or beak off to you or whatever, because they're going to see you again next week. Mm -hmm. And that's awkward when you when you do this kind of like little drive by shit. Um, so it is a totally different experience now working for a company that is largely like one off sales to people. Um, because yeah, you do get a lot more like weird kind of like drive by shitty comments and stuff mm. like that. And yeah, it's just, it's really kind of, I had forgotten, um, how much kind of really emotional labor goes into retail. Uh, I mean like, you know, mm. I was used to, um, having to smile more than I was necessarily feeling happy about <laughs> at, uh, at my last job, but it's, it's very different for a couple reasons. Um, number one, because again, you're trying to sell people on the product. It's not a subscription where it's already been paid for. Um, and I forgot what the other thing I was going to say was, <laughs> uh, mm. but yeah, so, so it's been, it's been a really interesting kind of return to retail and, and dealing with like, um, Oh, yeah, the emotional labor end of it. That's what mm -hmm. I was talking about. Um, yeah, so like, so not only kind of having to smile till my face hurts, um, mm. not only as part of the expectations of retail, but also because uh, I make commission now in addition to a base wage. So, you know, I really am trying to bring 110% to each customer interaction because that's actually in my best interest too. Um, 
and yeah, and it's just like it's it's a very very different kind of uh, kind of thing to deal with. Um, just like people in these kind of like one off interactions, um, engaging mm-hmm. with people that you know like uh, are just trying to fuck with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Just things like that. Um, and and just mm-hmm. just having to you know like smile through it all. And I mm-hmm. dealt with it a little bit at the co op when like because you know. Um, organic food is a really interesting kind of market segment because you get uh, left wing people who are like, you know, super tree hugger, cuddly people. And then you also get insane anti-vax people um, who also, you know, believe that you shouldn't have chemicals in food or whatever. But mm. pe- people believe the same thing for very different reasons. And so, like, occasionally I would just have to smile politely while someone was talking to me, talking to me about, like, you know, uh, fucking vaccines in the beef or whatever. And I just kind of have to like, hmm, yeah, hmm, yep, they sure do do that kind of stuff. ha, ha, ha. Um, but yeah, but it's like, it's, it's, it's very, yeah, I don't know. It's, you get those kind of things on occasion, but people were never deliberately antagonistic again, because, uh, it was never, it it was almost never like a one-time interaction where it was like a one and done. It was Mm. almost always an ongoing customer relationship. And so, yeah, so it's been, I, I've been, and I'm not like, there's nothing been nothing happened that has like truly upset me, but I've definitely been subjected to more abuse from strangers than I've gotten in the last 20 years in the past four weeks. And yeah, yeah it's really kind of like opened my eyes up again to uh, to what people deal with in this line of work. So salute mm. to all the frontline workers out there, all the retail heroes, all the gas station attendants, the waiters, the fast food workers. Uh, you're 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 the real MVPs. Salute to you folks. <laughs> mm. So well said, Jordan. And as somebody who did that for a long time before I got behind a keyboard and then went back to it when I was in financial distress after New York, 100% like it's so random and people do I think they maraud around these like spaces looking for somebody to harass sometimes and you and because of the nature of the work you can't just honestly say you're being an asshole and I'd rather not talk yep. to you you can't say that you have to be like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. that was always mm-hmm, with my tight little and smile you know Mm-hmm. And, and if it was my stall, if I was running uh, the Jordan Lane show booth, I would just tell that person to fuck off. Uh, yeah. But I can't do that because I'm representing someone else's brand. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. And and yeah, that's the that's the unfortunate part about doing like customer service. And 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 yeah, when you're doing retail, when you're doing commission stuff, too, it is in your best interest to be nice to these fuckers because they are more likely to spend more money. Right. But my experience was like, you know, when I was serving and stuff like Usually if somebody was a fucker, they weren't going to tip very well anyway. So sometimes I would just kind of disassociate and go all stony. You know, I would, I would like do the thing. I was working at high, so I had to do the thing. I had to toss the Caesar salad and the flambe and all that garbage. Right. But I wouldn't be as like, I don't know. um, You wouldn't be selling it. I wouldn't be selling it as much. And I just, you know, I wouldn't be hanging around and asking if they're going to the hockey game or whatever. I just like politely do everything sure. and then you know sure enough they'd tip me like five percent or some bullshit yeah. and i'd be like i saw that coming you know right. um, but yeah it's um the service you're right that the mvp is definitely a good way of putting it the folks that are out there and doing all the hard work like to especially at this time of year or two when people get agitated right um I, I actually have to say i'm really glad that a lot of people were boycotting black friday this year and just mm. not doing the thing um, and I was talking to somebody um, who 
lives in our co-op and he didn't know about it. And he mm. went to, um, cause he just moved um, back in. He's upstairs from us and he, um, I think he was looking for a dishwasher and he went to the home Depot that's in our neighborhood. Um, he didn't realize about the boycott. Right. So he went there I mean, he was like, it was so weird. It was like nobody there. And I was like, mm. oh, it was because it was Black Friday. And he was like, oh, shit. I, but he didn't do that, like not knowing. Like he just didn't know. And he's like, how come I didn't know about this? Sure. I, I thought I was so on top of this stuff. But anyway, I thought that was, um, he told me this lovely story about how, because he's from Argentina and he ended up like chatting with a woman, um, with an older woman who he didn't know was actually working in the department. And it turns out she was from Poland and this ex. So mm. they had this like really lovely human experience together. And, um, that's a little bit different than like charging through them all to get a $50 television set and, you know, um, whatever it is. But yeah, sure. I, um, I have been, I've been glad to hear that more people are getting intentional as, and as, you know, especially in the States where things like black Friday kind of drive the retail economy. Um, but so much of that money doesn't stay in the community. So people are like, oh, wait, OK, I could do this to protest the atrocities happening um, in in Palestine right now. But um, people are starting to realize that they don't actually have to do that. They don't have to mm. go shopping and like submit themselves to this stressful experience at the mall. Um, you can just not like what a. What a lovely concept. Yeah, what a concept. <laughs> you know, like, um, I have always found malls to be a very draining thing. And I think it is an ADHD thing because they're overstimulating um, and the air feels weird. And I found myself in Metro Town like about two months ago. I can't remember why I had to go in there. But I was like, I assume that's a mall in Vancouver. That's the mega mall in Burnaby. OK. Um, oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty big. And. I swear they were recycling the air from the bathroom. I could smell poop because walking through and I was like, I had my mask on and I was like, why does it smell like poop? Like you didn't just have shit on your shoe, did you? <laughs> no, no. But I was just like, get me out of here. Like it feels like the air is like, ew. Um, God. But yeah, malls are kind of a sensory sort of no, thank you from my end. Yeah, um, it's a tough one. <laughs> it is a tough one. And, and and like I always say, like one of the things that I like about Vancouver is that it's like a city of these little villages in a, some way. There's a lot of problems. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of fuckery. And there is a huge wealth disparity here, too. Um, but where we are is sort of like one of the more diverse neighborhoods of the city. It's definitely got a working class population got the biggest indigenous population of the city so like we're like it's a different it's a whole different vibe than going to the mall um yeah i can still spend a bunch of money if i go to any number of the different yummy yeah. bakeries and stuff but uh, at least i know it's going to a local business yeah which is heartening sure yeah. <laughs> you know. um, I'm going to take us all the way full circle back to the start to you talking mm -hmm. about working at Samsung, um, because that's uh, mm -hmm. that's something else that that I kind of um, I wanted to say earlier, but didn't really have an excuse to uh, that is even among mall retail jobs, a particularly hard one is to be one of those kiosk Barker guys and especially to be one for a phone company. Um, because I, so I've been working across from the TELUS booth and yeah, like 
those guys have to be so fucking aggressive with their sales because people don't want to talk to them because it's phones. It's boring shit. Everybody already has a phone plan. It's more work to, you know, uh, change it over to a new thing. Even if you're going to like for me, honestly, even if it would save me money, it has to be a certain threshold for it to be worth the pain in the ass of like actually going through and doing like switching over to Rogers or whatever it would be. Like mm. you, it would have to be like a savings of like 20 plus dollars a month, even though that's irrational. I would rather spend that extra money than fucking go through the 40 minute, you know, paperwork process at a mall or whatever and talk to this guy. So mm. yeah, like that is that is a very 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 tough way to make your bread. So salute to you. <laughs> well, you know what? I do actually have to clarify a little bit because I was actually working for um, like an agency that was contracted out that was doing the Samsung stuff. They were called Sugar Media, and they used to do a lot oh, of brand okay. ambassador work. So I didn't have to sign contracts. I didn't have to go through oh, any of gotcha. that. Gotcha. Okay. All I had to do was go. Have you seen this? Look, like let me show you. And then, like, we would literally just, like, fart around and show people how they could, like, you know, mock up their photos and do all these different things or whatever. And sometimes, like, I still had Facebook at the time. We would literally just log on to our Facebook accounts and just, like, dick around. So it actually right. wasn't that hard. Like, the hard part was when people who were, like, hardcore Apple users would come up and try to, like you know gotcha yeah. like can you can your phone do this and they'd be like well no dude like it doesn't but totally. it's you know it's this phone is for a certain market it was at the time it was huge it was almost like a mini ipad and they had the pen mm -hmm. um so it was almost like an old school um palm pilot Tablet. kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah yeah um so no we didn't have to do that stuff um i think i did interview for a job like that once and i was like like paperwork <laughs> I can barely do my taxes. I couldn't even imagine <laughs> doing that like over and over and over again. Sure. Like, um, and I agree with you because I have been sort of, I actually just paid off my iPhone. This is the last payment this month. So now my cell phone bill will go back to a more reasonable amount. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have so many times I've been sucked into new contracts and new things. Then I'm like, what did I do that for? It was supposed <laughs> to save me money, but now I've got to change everything. Um, like, you know, the whole thing with like invoicing, I signed up for FreshBooks and every time I go in there, I'm like, where is everything? I just right. want to go back to word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is, it's, um, it's tough to make a buck in a mall. It is. It's hard work. You know, sorry, like, uh, uh, you, like, you froze up for a sec here. Could you repeat that? It's something back in a mall. Oh, it sucks trying to make a buck in a mall. Oh like, yeah. To trying to make your livelihood there. Like it, it's often like really Oh, that was the thing I did. I didn't tell you about this because <laughs> I did it for one day. I got okay. a job working at a Roger store in the West End. Um, and it used there used to be a Roger store not far from our place in kids. And I was like desperate. And as well as like, just go do something, whatever, just until the next big thing happens. So I, you know, applied for this job online or whatever. And I was like, oh, God, it's going to suck. The, it was minimum wage and like next to nothing of a commission. Um, but I went and I was supposed to be working at the one right beside us because I was like, if I just had to walk there, it's four hours. A day yeah, or whatever, it's not that bad. Fine. Yeah, yeah. But then they sent me over to the West End and I was like, mm. so it, first I was already pissed off because I was like, I don't want to work somewhere else and I have to take a bus. And then I did it for like half a day. And the, the people that were coming into that store were so horrible. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I can't do this. It was mostly seniors oh, no. that are like, why do I have one? Like they're really cranky. And I was like, I can't. So I, you know, the next day was like, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> and then I, said, I didn't do it. 
Um, but yeah, I came close to having to be that that person doing all the paperwork and stuff, I'm putting up with the angry, angry people. And people <laughs> in Canada should be angry because we pay exorbitant oh, yeah. amounts for our cell phone bills. Like my brother in, lives in Denver. He pays the same amount for his entire family as I do for my phone. Yeah. And, and yeah, like they uh... have everything on their plans. I got dinged when we went to... Um, San Francisco uh, to the Bay Area, like mm-hmm. I thought I had roaming, and they told me I had roaming. I activated, and they're like, "Oh, well, actually, it's this and that." And I was like, "Oh my god!" I didn't pay all this money, and I can't not pay it, right? You know, um, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> um, anyway, what were you going to say? Sorry, did I interrupt you? I know I actually forgot, um, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, I was in a, you know, we're getting towards the end here. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was going to do, uh, uh, so the people, of course, who who are, are listening to this can't see right now, but you're wearing a lovely scarf, Robbie. Could you tell me about your scarf? Oh, sure. I'm actually, I'm wearing um, a Palestinian um, kafaya scarf mm-hmm. that I got through, I believe the organization is based in Winnipeg, but they buy these and then distribute them from... Jesus, that's loud. From one of the the last um, original um, kafaya makers who were based in Hebron. Um, mm-hmm. So they're still there uh, in the occupied territories, um, well, adjacent to that. But yeah, it's a beautiful scarf, and I'm really grateful it for it. Um, I used to have one before, and I don't know what happened to it, but um, I'm wearing it as much as possible. And I got Osvaldo one as well, um, and we're doing everything we can to support in our ways, I made a donation to uh, the UN uh, RWA, who have folks in the ground in Gaza right now who are helping. Mm. Um, and I've been to multiple protests. Um, I do have to be careful about my energy because I get sick really easily. Sure. But um, the the events here have been very heartening. Um, and I mean, I, I don't think I've cried as much as I have in the last uh, two months. Uh, it's yeah. been absolutely devastating. Yeah. Have you been able to go to anything, or how how are things been feeling? No, I, I work Friday, Saturday, Sundays these days, so I'm uh, I unfortunately have not been able to join in on the protest. But yeah, uh, I'm I've actually been really impressed by the scale of what's happening here in Calgary. Um, you know, mm-hmm. because people think of Calgary not only as an apolitical city, but like you know, um, uh, so much of the business community here. You know, it's it's very tough for them to kind of like do the right thing. <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and so, yeah, so it's like, uh, I've been impressed at the, at the size and the scale of, of, uh, of the protests that have been happening here. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's impressive for Calgary. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually happy to hear that because I did see about some police roughing up a young Palestinian kid in Calgary. There was a video that yeah. was pretty horrible to watch. Um, and I was like, what the hell Calgary? And then I sent it to another friend of mine who still lives there. And she's like, I think there was a bigger picture there that maybe was missed, but I'm glad to hear you say that there, um, that that is happening. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's important to remember that not everybody can show up to the physical ones, and some people are, are, are you know, boycotting brands. Like, that's a big one. Um, I mean, we don't shop at McDonald's or Starbucks or um, I can't remember what the other big one is. So for us, it's not a major lifestyle change, but we do have to mm-hmm. kind of watch, like, even some canned goods and stuff that we didn't know that money is going up a chain to an organization that is sure. not so good. Um, I mean, I, I canceled my Disney plus thing because of what they're doing. We don't use Amazon. We haven't in a while. 
Um, I mean, we don't shop at Walmart or any of those places. So, yeah. Uh, but then not everybody can afford to do that big switch. But at the same time, it's like if you if you're choosing to keep your money close in community, that's the best thing that you can do. And if you have a little bit of extra money, um, like my dad sends me birthday money, I'm just sending that to to the UNRA. Like, I, you know, I thanks, Dad. Like he called this morning and he's like, I'll send you a little sure. something. I'm like, oh, thanks, Dad. I always say it's not, a, you don't need to, but he likes to. So I send, he sends it and then I just give it to them. And that's nice. um, what I'm going to do this year. Like these little, yeah. these little things. Cause it is, um, it has been, it's something that I, um, I don't talk about it that often because I, I was in Israel as a young woman and how, with the mindset that I had at the time, how easy it was to indoctrinate me to a very specific way of seeing the situation. They kind of played on my feminist ideologies like, oh, well, Palestinian men hate women and they're not respectful and all this. All those things are not true, but I bought into it and I bought into the the same thing that some people are still buying into now. Um, and the, the one thing that I tell people when we're having conversations about it is like, if I can change I can change something that was really ingrained in me for a long time too, based on all the information, not just the information they want you to see, then I think a lot more people are already starting to have that awakening, if you will. Gabor Mate, who I'm back on board with Gabor Mate again because the way he's been talking about this, but he's like, he was a, a hardcore Zionist for years until he sent his kids to Israel, until he went to the, the occupied territories in Gaza and had his heart broken. He said, I was disillusioned and he's like, I want more people to be disillusioned and wake up to the horrors that are happening to an entire group of people that are not deserving of that. Um, and yeah, that's been, it's been an interesting um, thing to navigate. I've cried and cried and cried so much because it's like I'm unbelievable, but it's also not because there has been a very specific campaign to dehumanize people over decades so it's easier to do harm to people when they're dehumanized, right? Of course, yeah. And Israeli kids, like I was in a pair for, a, um, you know, a, an upper class family in Ramagan in Tel Aviv. The mom, who's a social worker, showed me this book and she was terrified. She's like, look at what they're, go they're giving to my kid. And it was mm -hmm. like a total propaganda book. Arabs are all bad. There's 60 million of them. They want to kill you. We'll do everything we can to protect you. We're always winning. And I was like, holy, even then it was like... That's fucked up. They're giving this to four-year-old kids. Like this total indoctrination campaign starts immediately. So I understand why some people are turning out the way they are because they've been like fed a very violent narrative right out of the gate and they're not shown mm -hmm. anything beyond that. And there are some Israelis that fight back against that and they educate themselves and they have a wider worldview. There's lots of 18-year-olds now who are saying they're not going to serve in the in the military and they go to jail you go to jail if you don't serve mm -hmm. in the military right um yeah it's it's uh heartbreaking i'm i'm actually terrified of what's going to happen in the next couple of days after this pause so i'm trying right. not to dip into it too much first thing in the morning because then i get incapacitated for the day um yeah i wasn't intending for us to go down there today but thank you for um opening that part of the conversation 
Well, no, I just, uh, you know, uh, uh, you're making, you're, you're wearing a scarf, but I, I chose to ask about it because I realize that you're also making a, a, a specific political statement by wearing it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just, uh, you know, I wanted you to be able to make that statement in a way that the people who can't see what you're wearing right now uh, could also enjoy. <laughs> mm, thank you, Jordan. I appreciate that. Yeah. And and sometimes it is interesting, like when Isvaldo wears his, he gets like a lot of like nods and like, mm-hmm. you know, a little... Like here and there, right? And it's funny, I get like older white dudes just glowering at me like this. And I'm like, really, dude? Like, come on, man. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to like piss you off. Um, Sure. um, Yeah, this is a great conversation, Jordan. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your time. And thank you, audience, for your time. Yes. Uh, If you want to come and hang out with us um, over on the, the Patreon, we're putting things up there sometimes, <laughs> um, yeah. maybe a video mm-hmm. here and there. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know what your schedule is like, but if you've got time in December, I would love to be able to do another, uh, another zoom sit down. I was just going to suggest the same. I think it'd be great. If you enjoyed, holy shit, I have ADHD, subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us as does following and promoting the show on social media. A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit, I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at, you guessed it, holy shit, I have ADHD at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes. Bye for now and hyper focus on the positive.